Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here. Transform 2019. Okay, so we're going to have a small discussion about technology and leadership. And even as we get into it, I just want to play one or two videos for you to look at, and then we will get into the discussion with this gentleman. And lady, I apologize. <laughs> Right. So, I want to invite um, you guys to introduce yourselves quickly, briefly. Just let us know who you are and what you do, and then we'll get into this. We'll start with the gentleman at the extreme end. Um, hi, Transform. Uh, my name is Noah Balesamvu. I am a leader at Worship Harvest. I am also a leader in the technology space. And my passion is to equip and enable people, businesses, and governments to take advantage of technology for improvement of services, improvement of, uh, of, the, of society. Uh, that's me in a nutshell. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Is it still morning? Yes. Okay. So my name is Jean Mutawazi Kasirie, and um, I work with the NSSA. I'm currently doing classes at MIT, so technology is big for me. My passion is to make sure that I make everybody in the room today understand why technology is very important in our lives and how we can deploy it in everything that we do without being afraid of it. So thank you. Hello, my name is Onyaito Deke. I'm the manager for digital services at MTN. That's eight to five. The rest of the time I'm a tech enthusiast and blogger. I write about everything technology, specifically consumer technology. Hi. My name is Jeremy. I'm the guy who's going to ask the questions and try to look intelligent. 
So, we're going to talk about emerging technologies. And you guys are tech guys, like gadgets, stuff. We want to know about leadership and emerging technologies. So, I'm going to ask you, first of all, what are these emerging technologies that we hear about? Okay. Um, the video that we just saw uh, describes the fourth industrial revolution. And these are actually the emerging technologies, things like artificial intelligence, uh, internet of things, robotics, uh, blockchain. These are the technologies that are defining uh, the way forward right now. Uh, as you saw the history, we started way back in the steam engine and that transformed society. Uh, then we went to electricity, then to the internet. We are currently experiencing how the internet has exploded and changed society as we know it. It was once cutting edge. People were once scared of the internet. They would say, how can value be found in this thing? When people were putting their businesses online, uh, YouTube has early videos of, Steve, uh, of Jeff Bezos talking about how people are going to purchase things online and he looked like a fanatic. Now he's the world's richest person. 90% uh, of the value in internationally, worldwide, moves on the internet. But now there are other technologies that are going to transfer that value even higher. And these are the ones we are talking about. Great. Okay, so I'm told that nowadays you can talk to your home while you're at work. You know, you can say, hey Siri, I'm coming home. And Siri will fix you, Katogo. And Siri will put on your thermostat and get you ready for bed, play your favorite bedtime lullaby or something like that, internet of things. But I want to bring it home, especially here in Africa where we lead, where the internet is not as fast as it is in those other countries. How relevant is this technology to us today? Jean, tell us something. Okay, um, I like the internet of things and I've my best example is um, an insurance company in South Africa called Discovery. Now Discovery, all of us know insurance companies, right? And so they make a killing on premiums because they know the riskier you are, the higher the chances that you're going to probably pass on or get sick and spend a lot of their money. So what Discovery did is that they forced most of their members to get Fitbits. We all have Fitbits, right? No. I think everybody in this room should have a Fitbit. So a Fitbit is, is, who has a Fitbit on their arm? Awesome, could you stand up and show the people what it is? Yes, don't be shy. Okay, yes. So, so a Fitbit is awesome, thank you so much. So a Fitbit is basically what should be a watch in the old time, but this watch now does more things. It can take your phone, but it also does your exercises for you. It, it kind of maps your steps, heartbeat and stuff. So Discovery, being very brilliant, they, they said that if you take 10,000 steps every day, your premium will go down. You see how brilliant that is? Now, how do they do that? They force you to buy the Fitbit using your money. They link it to their system. And every morning, you're motivated because you want to pay less to the company. Isn't it? Yeah. See how interesting that is? Now, imagine if we all turned that into our homes. So I'll tell you what I do. Most of my colleagues say you, have, you do so many things, but you turn out like you have too much time. And I tell them with three children and eight dogs and an awesome husband, I automated everything in my house. It is simple. You don't have to do everything 
because for me to get to the top, something had to drop. But for it not to drop, I had to automate. So it's as simple as that, Jeremy. Wow. Okay. You kind of lost me at eight dogs. <laughs> but that's all right. Um, congratulations. That's a big family. Um, so, so I want to speak to the leader, probably in this audience, that leads deep, deep in a village somewhere uh, in Uganda. And they're hearing these things, Internet of Things, blockchain, and all these other things. How do we make it relevant to that person? I mean, we've seen the safe border story, and it's incredible, you know? How somebody can just take borders that we know and love to hate, technology, safety, and create an ecosystem, you know? But I want to know, Onya, tell us something. How do we make this thing relevant to people in the villages who are leading? Well, that's an interesting question. I'm an advocate for the internet, and uh, with the internet, a lot of things become possible. I'll give you an example. Safe Border would not be here without the internet. Um, and they seem to have done something that was an impossible task. People don't believe when they see Safe Border stopping at the, at the lights. They're like, this is unbelievable. Is this Uganda? Change is possible? You know, uh, but all of this is actually powered by technology, and it is an app. This app would not be used if there was no internet. So for me, how we can make this more relevant is by we have to have more connected people. Because once we are connected, then we're able to, to stay in touch and collect relevant data that helps us create impact and change. I'll give you just one example. Uh, one time we went to the village with an iPad. And there were, you know, when we go, of course, they say the people from Kampala have come. And then, yes, you have to bring all the solutions. With the TV. Yes. So we had a tablet. Uh, unfortunately, we had a good internet connection. So some of these people, uh, some of the kids began to watch YouTube videos. And I began to show them specific YouTube videos. And all of a sudden, the question of a teacher had been demystified. They could literally watch and do and act. And they were able to begin to get local materials and put together. And they would do what they are seeing. So imagine we could liberalize education just like that. Health, anything, by just making sure that people can access certain information. Because before, it was whoever controls the information controls the world, right? But right now, we are liberalizing that information and that knowledge. And for me, that's what I think can help us make it relevant even to the last mile. So you've just touched on something that's very critical because with the emerging of technology, so many people are likely to lose their jobs. You've just talked about that teacher who is being replaced by an iPad and a high-speed internet connection. Now, what should that teacher do? Go and pick mangoes? Like, seriously. As leaders in today's generation, what do we do or what can we do to remain relevant with all these robotics and different technologies that are emerging? How can we stay relevant even with the rise of this technology? Uh, thanks, Jeremy. And that's actually a big question right now. And right now, that sentiment is encapsulated in the future of work uh, concept. 
what does a job of tomorrow look like? And as automation takes, uh, takes main stage, we human beings are going to live where we're going to rise up. That's, that's how we have handled all the previous industrial revolutions. When, excuse me, when we were the ones lifting heavy sacks of you know, produce, uh, you know, that was a job, that was someone's job. The, the, the joke I keep saying, it's a job, but it's real. The computer used to be a person. The person who calculates the trajectory of, uh, of, of, a, of a, a tank projectile during war, in World War I. But, you know, because tanks didn't have laser-guided missiles. So they have to aim at a certain height to hit a certain target. Now there's someone whose work it was to calculate or to compute that trajectory. And that person in the military was called a computer. We laugh at that now because a computer is a machine. You understand? Yeah. So we upskill. That's, that's our response to oncoming technology. We don't shy away from it, we upskill. So with the rise of automation and machine learning, what is now cognitive skills, we have more people skills. Now for the teacher, they have to upskill because YouTube doesn't have you necessarily have Ugandan relevant content or enough Ugandan relevant content. So now they upskill by creating that content. So rather than sitting in front of students, now you scale up, you upskill, learn how to use YouTube, it's free. Start uploading YouTube videos about the things you're talking and you reach a bigger scale. That's just one example. And there are many other examples, but the challenge to us right now is to rise up and, 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 and start looking at and, and start being, uh, embracing newer opportunities that are opened up. Uh, the World Economic Forum calculates that in the next uh, five years, we're going to lose about 55 million jobs. 55 million jobs are going to be lost. But 153 million jobs are going to be created. So the future belongs to those of the 153. So if you're holding on to a job that can be automated, you're on a timer. If a machine can do your job, you're either going to be unemployed or you're going to lose business. So it's, uh, it's now time to upskill. Okay. All right, let's just look at one more video and then we will begin to get to the end of the interview. Uh, something about emerging technologies. We are all geared up to step into 2019. 2018 has witnessed a lot in the technology sector. From Google Data Leap to 5G becoming a reality, we have heard a lot. The 2019 is going to be a breakthrough year as far as technology is concerned. Let's get to know about the high-end technologies that are bound to have a massive impact on our lives in 2019. So far, technological advancements have changed our lives for better in many ways. What's more exciting to know is that some high-end futuristic technologies are going to take the world by storm in 2019. Here are 10 futuristic technologies to watch out in 2019. The first technology is the Internet of Things. We all know a thing or two about the Internet of Things, but many of us are not aware of the real potential of the Internet of Things. Internet of Things is the ecosystem of connected smart devices having the capability to collect and process user data. Internet of Things has immense potential when it comes to areas such as marketing. It is going to revolutionize the way products are marketed today. 
Internet of Things is growing and becoming powerful with each passing day as more and more devices are getting connected. The second technology is automation. Automation has proved to be a blessing for humans so far. Automation makes things happen without human intervention. Automation will witness a significant breakthrough in 2019. We will see technological marvels that will amaze us. The third one is artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is also known as machine intelligence. AI is intelligence demonstrated by machines, in contrast to the natural intelligence displayed by humans. We all have had a taste of artificial intelligence as chatbots. Artificial intelligence has even entered our homes as smart virtual assistants such as Alexa, Siri, Cortana, etc. In 2019, artificial intelligence might be able to save human lives as it is going to revolutionize the healthcare sector. The fourth technology is virtual reality. Virtual reality has the potential to take you into a different world. Virtual reality can trick your mind into believing the virtuality as reality. Google Glasses have given a taste of virtual reality to the world, but the possibilities of virtual reality is endless. In 2019, virtual reality will redefine marketing and tourism industries. The fifth technology is the augmented reality. Augmented reality brings the elements of the virtual world into the real world. Augmented reality will find many applications to make our everyday lives better. In 2019, we can expect new devices to be launched that will assist us to perform our daily tasks, such as cooking, changing a car's tire, etc., in a better way. The sixth technology is 5G. The announcements of 5G coming in 2009 have already been made. 2019 will witness 5G becoming a reality for common people as many network providers and cell phone companies are working towards their project to provide 5G services in 2019. So get ready for extreme speed, better battery life, better connectivity, low latency than 4G. The seventh technology you should look out for is 3D printing. 3D printing is already in use widely for businesses. In 2019, 3D printing will become more acceptable to common people and expected to impact their lives positively. In 2019, 3D printing will amaze the world by providing solutions such as affordable housing, disaster relief, and much more. The eighth technology that has made it to our list is drones. Drones have been around for a while now. We already know how they work exceptionally well in military, rescue missions, etc. But drones have more capabilities than that. In 2019, we can expect drones to do some amazing works, such as hurricane and tornado forecasting, to wildlife conservation. The ninth technology that has made it to our list is blockchain. The world has started to realize blockchain can do wonders for their businesses. In 2019, the world will see what else blockchain can do apart from cryptocurrency, which is just an application of blockchain. Blockchain will revolutionize sectors such as banking, finance, and healthcare. Finally, the last technology that is going to have a significant impact on the world in 2019 is quantum computing. 
Quantum computing has a significant application in artificial intelligence. Quantum computing will also optimize cryptography and financial modeling. The year 2019 is going to be full of technological developments, and we can't wait to see the new technological marvels. Okay, well, I noticed some people in the audience started dozing in the video. And that happens a lot when we talk about technology. I also read an article recently, which I'm going to refer to briefly. Uh, this article appeared in the New Vision, and it said, Uganda is not ready for cryptocurrencies. And uh, it said that this was an expert, yeah? An expert we both know and love, Dr. Tusubira. And he said, I will read from the article, in its current form, the use of cryptocurrencies is risky, both to the investor and the economy, as they do not protect the private rights and interests of users, consumers, and the government. So the question is, we have all these technologies that are coming at us, but we are leading in an economy, in an infrastructure, in a system which is dated. So how do I embrace the future when I'm living in the past. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, that has always been the challenge, especially us in Sub-Saharan or in Africa. Yeah. You know, uh, the, for the longest time, we'd, we'd always say those things are for the developed nations. Until social media came and the democratization of information and we have it in our fingertips, where things happen globally. Recently, uh, Facebook announced their own cryptocurrency and it shook the world. Why? Because now Facebook, by doing that, becomes the world's biggest bank and the world's biggest payment system. Because with 2 billion, 2.4 billion users, and you can move money as easily as a WhatsApp, that, that's scary. Okay, so course, uh, sorry, first explain. <laughs> Crypto what? We have 12 minutes. Anyway, um, so cryptocurrencies is, uh, is uh, you, you saw the video when they said blockchain. Now, cryptocurrencies is one of the applications. And so blockchain, what, what that does, it allows us to move value. So where the internet gives us the portability of information, I can send you a message. Now with blockchain, it takes that a notch higher, and now I can send you value. I can send you my intellectual property. I can sell you, send you my land title. I can send you money. The perception is that money moves over the internet. It doesn't. Messages move over the internet. Money is still very slow. When you swipe your Visa card at a, at a, at a, at a, at a supermarket, they don't get the money then. They get the money three, four days later. You understand? So that swipe just gives the supermarket an IOU saying that, look, our banks are talking, but you can take the goods. So it is slow. But now what blockchain does is allow for real-time value. When I pay at the supermarket, the supermarket can take that money immediately and pay a supplier. That's why it's going to revolutionize finance. And the reason why it is so controversial is because it takes the power away from governments and democratizes it. But guys, this is not the first time we are here. How many of you remember the Encyclopedia Britannica? That was the sum of knowledge we had at that time. Sounds funny, now that we have Wikipedia, 
but that's it. It was a there was someone called a company called Britannica that was the custodian of information. So when we democratized it, because also governments, that's what they did. You know, news stations. It was the government that gave you news, and that one was you know blown out of the water. Now the concept of finance is, ha is happening and it's disrupting, but people are embracing it, including Uganda. And so the challenge for us in looking at now, I'll go back to the safe border example because it tells this story very perfectly. If I came to you five years ago and told you that a border border guy is going to be earning his living on a smartphone five years ago, you'd laugh at me. But now he has to make sure that phone is charged it is almost as valuable to him as his border border. How did we get there? Actually, five years ago, you tell me that the guy doesn't even have a capability. You want to tell me, we are still behind. These internet things have not reached us. 20,000 lives are earning, uh, in Uganda are earning their daily bread on a smartphone powered by the internet. We just have to take that leap. And that's where the leadership comes. The work of the leader is to hold the tension between these two realities embracing the future while being relevant to the present. Great. All right. We're getting there. We have about nine minutes. I'm going to ask Jean to chip in on that question. I know you have an app session later on. And I just want to invite you to whet the appetite of the people and just let us know something about these emerging technologies. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, I think my call is to... First, the first thing we need to do is to demystify our fear for technology. I didn't do tech in school. I did quantitative economics, then I did SCCA. I took a journey, a long journey. But then I, I had to get to that life turning moment that said, you know, without tech, I'm going to chase everything around. So the best example I have is my parents. My parents are weekend farmers and they waste a lot of time. So both of them get a day in the week and they go to the village and supervise manual labor and come back home frustrated. One goes on Thursday, another one goes on Saturday. They don't live together. But the point is that, so I ask the questions, and I don't like when I ask these questions. I ask, what if, because I, I told them the example of an app. There's a guy in Scotland who uses an app. He presses a button, and then water comes out at 2, 2 p.m. He presses another button at 4, and then the feed comes out. And I said, look, my parents, you went to school. You're lucky. Why don't you then expand your horizons and do some of these things easier versus going and shouting at everyone across the board, he cheated you, the cow ran away. It just doesn't make sense. So then where do we take it from here? I honestly am waiting for the app session where someone comes up with a scenario where they cannot apply technology. And I bet you there's technology in everything that we do. So just don't, it's not scary. It's, it's just something that... My new favorite quote is that the illiterate of today are the people who are very afraid of technology. Because you know what? Everything is on your phone. And all of you are holding smartphones and you use only three apps on them. Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram. and which one? Instagram. <laughs> okay. Instagram was Jeremy's, not, not my You know but, that Instagram thing that does? You know the one that picked Snapchat? Yes. We're not using it for the right things. Huh? And, and like, if you go and watch like Alexa, there's, there's something called Alexa. Alexa is kind of like a facilitator. And you have the, the equipment in your house, not very expensive. We're so afraid of these things. They're on Amazon, and then you get into your house and say, Alexa, where did I leave my shoes? Isn't that awesome? Instead of chasing your nannies, where did I leave my shoes? Just talk to Alexa, man. But the question comes, what will your nanny do? <laughs> and your nanny will have to be reskilled. 
People, God did not create us to do the simple things. I refuse. We're supposed to elevate our minds to do the value-adding things. Wow. Okay. One last question for you. I am a leader in business, okay? Or oh, I'm a leader in church. And I would like to take advantage of technology. Maybe starting with social media for a start. Let's assume that there's somebody in here who has been anti-technology. And I would like to start. I need to start somewhere. Where can I start? Um, there are so many places and contexts. So I would want to restrict it to say one, yes. so we can give yes. an, a relevant example. Um, could you define that one? Is it church? Is it the marketplace? Yeah. Is it uh, maybe I'm a church leader. I have a small church of 50 people. Okay. I need to start using technology somehow to connect with my people. What would that be? I will, I will give a very simple example that we use here at Worship Harvest. Uh, you see, previously, you go to church, and if you didn't take notes, that is it. Until the next session, right? And then later came TV when we could watch the televangelist, right? I think that came with Lighthouse, Lighthouse Television at the time. And this was actually very expensive for churches at the time to broadcast the, the, the gospel, you know, through television. It was costing hundreds of thousands of dollars at the time because the equipment was super expensive. And then, you know, the TBN story and all of those things. Right now, Worship Harvest, you know, <laughs> you log on to your Facebook and watch the someone live. Do we even know the power of that? Like, we are not paying. You know, we are not paying. Once there was a church, uh, actually, Pastor John Austin used to pay $100,000 to broadcast. $100,000 then, which is probably more than now. For us, we broadcast for free. I'm trying to draw this so that you can see the power of it. So as a church leader, what do we want? Of course, we want to reach more people with the gospel, which is our commission. There are so many ways that these technologies can help us spread the gospel. Two, data in church, not specifically church, but generally as a people, we are anti-data. Uh, Pastor uh, Mose told us, that what you do not, what you watch, grows, right? So you have money you spend, but you don't know how much you spend and when and how till the year ends. But then at the end of the year, you're trying to do an analysis of your finances and things are not making sense. Why? Because the data is not there. It's non-existent. But you are not capturing it at the right time. Put that in church's context. How many people came to Sunday today? I mean, how many people came to church this Sunday? Um, and how do they interact with the church? All of that is data we could collect to make church better. When you came to church, we could just put a small little button there. How are you feeling right now? Happy? Sad? I don't care. I don't know. Suicidal. It's a simple thing, right? And then that data is fed into the system. And then after the service, 
You do the same thing. How are you feeling now? Happy, sad, blah, blah, blah. And we can track how we're actually impacting people. Why? Because emotional health is important. So is mental health. But when people come, we don't know what they're feeling. We don't know what they're thinking. But now with data, we can. We can. And those are very simple tools before we even go to the complicated, you know, fourth industrial revolution and all those things. Why? Because it's just an algorithm and it will tell you 80% of the church is unhappy. Wow. <laughs> Why are they unhappy? Then we can now go further. Maybe it's financial, maybe they have it. You see, then we can become more relevant as a church. Wow. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's appreciate this tech wizards <laughs> all right guys thank you so much thank you for listening to this teaching we hope that you've been blessed by the worship harvest sermon series for more teachings and other resources visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555 that is 0393-281-555